Hi guys, and welcome back to the La Fantasista podcast. This week, I'll be having an Everton fan as a guest, Taylor, and we'll be discussing the massive rebuild that Everton are undertaking this season and the problems that they need to address in the summer window and the players that they need to address them with. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Uh, been missing football over the international break, but always, always great to come on. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think it's very interesting to hear an Everton perspective because this has been a pretty pretty crazy season for you guys, right? Like, were you expecting this sort of thing to challenge this well for Champions League, or were you more like, oh, it'll take another season after Carlo joined last December? Um, in all honesty, I wasn't expecting you know to be in around the top four. You know, we were we were first in the league, second in the league a few times a season. Um, but before the season started, if you'd asked me, I would have looked for a top seven, top six finish looking at those Europa League spots. So I'm relatively happy where we are. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's very reasonable to to think that Carlo Ancelotti has done a great job because, I mean, there's been so many issues. So when I was looking at your overall season, the problems that just stood out to me right away were depth is like just the main one like you've had injuries which have caused Iwobi to play right wing back or you've started a back four all four center backs like Holgate and Godfrey on the sides so I mean it's there's definitely a need for more players right yeah 100% you know as you said I think it was Fulham away where Iwobi started right wing back and then we played Leeds and had Tom Davis on on the full back and then the back four of the sensor offs just came across luck. And, you know, you would have seen it for yourself. It worked. I think we went the whole of December hardly conceding and won three or four games. You know, we beat Arsenal, Chelsea, yeah. Leicester. Got a win at Wolves in early January of it. So it was working. But the depth has killed us a lot um, over the whole duration of the season. Yeah, I mean, especially James Rodriguez getting injured so often. Um Obviously not his fault, but it, it it is a very frustrating thing because he's your main creative output. And with Gilfie on the downturn a little bit more in that aspect, um, although he did have a good run of form uh, a few months ago. But yeah, I, I think there definitely needs to be additions and more so I'd say going forward because I do actually rate your defensive talent, to be honest. So yeah, our defenders, our defenders are really solid. I'm very happy with them all. You could argue Mason Oldgate slipped down a little bit, but with the emergence of Godfrey, it's helped them out a little bit. Yeah, I I'm honestly love watching Godfrey, especially when he was playing left back. The, the the way he was just running forward at like intense speed, it was like so pleasing to watch. And I think you guys have a real gem. He only cost twenty million, right? Yeah, 20 million from Norwich. And there's a joke a lot of Everton fans make that we owe Norwich another 20 million because of how cheap that is now, looking at it. Yeah, it's it, uh, your, your head of direct or like director of football is called Marcel Brand, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a great, great, great director of football. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a signing that is by him. But for today, I want to take. I want both of us to step into his shoes and kind of like address the problems by signing some players. So um, why don't you go ahead and give me the 
problem areas that you want to address? So for me and many Everton fans, you know, I've spoke to a lot about this and it's, it's that right-hand side that I think needs a whole investment, like the right-back options. Seamus Coleman's been a great servant for Everton, 10, 12 years, but he can't play 38 games anymore. You've seen it yourself, a lot of injuries on him this year. Then Max um, Mason Olgate's had to play at right-back and Alex Awobi. So... There's an obvious name who I'm sure we'll talk about in this episode who Everson should get in my eyes. And then, obviously, with the right-hand side, I'd love a right-winger as well, to be honest with you. Yeah, so my my out, out, sorry, my look on it is also very similar. I identified four players that I would buy, basically, um, and... Two of them are right wingers and one of them is a right back. So it's very clear that the right side needs investing. Um, and the other position I went for is a backup central attacking midfielder because I do think that if you're having Hamas be out as injured as he is, then um, you, you need someone else other than Sigurdsson because I, I think he's a good player, but I just don't think that he's enough for the level that Everton want to push to. So, yeah. yeah. So, let's start with so you signed, so you thought of a right back, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right back, yeah. So, why don't we start there? Who is your pick for right back? Um, I've got two names, but my main one who again, it's talked about a lot for Britio Romano. The best journalist in the world, in my opinion, when it comes to the transfers, has talked about us and Max Ahrens, who I think is absolutely perfect for the right-back role at Everton. You know, 21, 22 years of age, so he can pl- he's got 10 years at the highest level in him. Ben Godfrey's just come from Norris to Everton. He can, he's seen how far and how, how good he's been at Everton. He can take us to the next level, him and Ben. So I think it's a good offer for us and it's a good offer for um for Max Ahrens. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good shout and probably the most likely one. How about your second option? Who do you think? Um, I went with Chelik from Lille. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely had a good season, but I'm going to give you a different shout, uh, one that not a lot of people will have heard of, but this is an interesting player. So in looking for a right back, I consider Dinya being extremely attacking left back, right? So ideally, I think you want to have a right back who is good at defending and will not push too high because also the right winger I've chosen is not one that's going to track back all the time. So he will do some defensive work, but basically what I was looking for in a right back is someone who just has a crazy amount of defensive output. And looking for that, I found a 22-year-old named Sofiane Alacouche. He plays from Nîmes in France, and he's actually out of contract in the summer. So you guys would get him absolutely cost-free. His wages, I wasn't able to find an accurate number, but it's like under 10,000 euros, I think. So like wages, price, you're basically paying nothing for for the fact that you're Everton, you're able to pay big wages. Um I think he's just like basically an academy player almost to you guys. And he is 
exceptional defensively. So I watched a few Nimes games, and he's definitely their standout player because they're not a great team, but he's top 1% in Europe for tackles. He makes 4.2 per 90. He's also very good at making interceptions. He's a pretty good reader of the game. And he also does put in a lot of work into pressing his opponents. So being like smart financially, do you think that we should go for Alakush or should we spend money on Max Ahrens? I think Max Ahrens are something that a lot of directors of football is like football, director of football, like Marcel Brands would look at. That Premier League experience, I think, just stands out a lot, especially when you're competing for the top six, top four. You're going to look at that. So, personally, I would go for a Max Ahrens because our right backs, when we played the Wobi and Holgate, Wobi's had about 14% accurate crosses. Mason Holgate, 19 to 20. That, that's relatively poor, um, especially for a Wobi who should be strong in the final third of the output. But Aaron's is up there with Digne for chances created and crosses uh, put into the box in the country. So Calvert-Lewin's getting 14, 15 goals in the league this season. It'd be quite frightening to think how many more he could get if we have a right back who could cross. Yeah, and, and definitely Aaron's is a good option. Um, how much do you think he'll cost? Like 20, 25 mil? I'd put around 25, but... With Norwich coming back up to the Premier League, it seems, you know, they've done a great job in the Championship. It could be pushing towards 30, but you never know. I've seen some crazier free fees than 25 million for Max Ahrens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely be happy with Max Ahrens if, if they were to get him, but I do think he'll be difficult to get. Also, because if they are just pr- promoted back, I'm not sure how willing their players like Buendia and Aarons will be to leave because they are back in the Premier League and maybe they'll spend this time on like last time. But yeah, I think I think Aarons is a good shout. And personally, I'm a very... E- even if you were to get Aarons, I would personally take Alakush. Like, he's 22. He's a great defender. He's actually pretty tall as well, which is good for Everton because you guys do very well with corners. And mm-hmm. I I just think at his age, at the fact that you're getting him for free and basically paying him very low wages, I don't see any any downside of the transfer. Yeah, could you not argue then? Because I watch a lot of Lil. Um, I'm a massive fan of Lil, especially this season. Mm-hmm. Then that, that defensive right back, someone like a Chelik does full in, or even Emerson at Real Betis, who has good defensive output, them type of right backs could come into that mould. Yeah, I, th- I think Tellic, like the only difference between me choosing him and Alakush was just the price tag. Like the yeah. fact that he's free and he's young uh, is just very, very enticing to me. And I think Marcel Brand, too, if he's looking at it, he's like, why don't we get that promising guy for free? You know, that could be a thing. And another thing I could see happening is like Tellic gets a move and then Leal replace him with Alakush. Like, yeah, yeah so would be interesting. But yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with that. I think those are good good options for Everton. Um, let's move on to right wing. And here I've signed two players, actually. So you can start, though. Well, but did you say you've signed two or you've written down two well, options? Well, I've written down two options, basically, yeah. Okay. Well, I've actually written down four, but I've done it in terms of like a 
a dream target and a realist, a couple realistic ones. Okay, give me your dream target first. Well, he's mashed it up in Syria this season. Uh, a lot of people who's listening today who know me well, they know I rave about Herbin Lozano. Um, I think he's absolutely fantastic. You know, his ability to get the ball and drive. And he doesn't necessarily cut any, you know, if you watch Lozano, he goes down the right-hand side and he cuts outwards and crosses the ball. But his output's very good this year. You know, 33 games, 17 goal contributions. Um, if you add that into a side where, you know, Calvert-Lewin's got 19 in all comps, Richarlison's back scoring, Hammers and Gilfie can contribute. You add in another 10, 12 goals, you can win, you can win 9 or 12 points in a season for that. Yeah, that, uh, he's he's a really, really good player. Um, I, th- I do think he'll be expensive though, don't you think so? Yeah, that's, the, that's why I yeah. promised the dream because of, because of how good he has been this season. Um, and he's young. He's something that uh, Napoli will want to build around. Yeah, for so sure. I put him as my dream, but I put his value at 45, 50 million. Yeah, I actually also went with a Serie A player, but it's uh, Domenico Berratti. Um, oh, yeah. I love the guy. Like he, he is so good, and just he's a shot monster. That's like that's like the main thing about him is, especially when you check out his statistics, he is one of the highest volume shooters of wingers in in Europe. And when you watch him play, like he's just such an attacking force. He makes like around six progressive passes, five shot creating actions. And similar to what you said about Lozano, like c- contributing to goals, he has 11 league goals this season and four assists in only 1,800 minutes. So it's like evening out to a goal contribution every like 120, 130 minutes, which is significantly above what Richarlison's at this season. And yeah. he's like 27, so he's getting to his prime age. And I do think that he would provide like that goal output and I think he'd be a bit cheaper than Lozano. I put his valuation personally at around yeah. 30 mil. Um, and I think that'd be a fair price to pay. Yeah, I like Berardi. I've watched him a couple of times when watching uh, Napoli and Juventus. And it's always him and Locatelli who are, who, are, who I think are great players for Sassuolo. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about your other targets? Uh, my other right wingers. Yeah. Um, I went with Nonu Mudiaki from, I don't know how you pronounce the second name, I think it's like that, from PSV Eindhoven. Yeah, uh, he is a great player. Yeah, the young English, I think he came through Tottenham's academy, got the transfer to PSV, and he's really stood out for me this season. You know, his link up with Donnell Marlin has been really good for PSV this year. 27 games, nine goals, and he, and he gets more assists, eight assists, which is a good number for a right winger. So they're 16, 17 goals contributions which is very high again you know he's only 20 20 19 20 years old i didn't look at his age um and i think he would be a cheaper option especially coming from the eredivisie yeah i i've actually gone in a similar mold of thinking but i i looked at a different player and he's actually from the championship uh i think it's michael or michelle elise from reading oh yeah he's a fantastic he is so silky on the ball He's very, very good. He's only 19. He has quite a good output, I would say, for the fact that he's playing in the championship. And I think if you if you have him as a backup option, he can probably play right wing, central attacking mid, and left winger. 
yeah. yeah I, and I don't think Reading will be in a place to demand a lot of a lot for him. Maybe like fifteen to twenty mil. So no, and I think he know. I think he knows you'll get the big yeah. one this summer as well. If you watch him, for anyone listening as well, he's a fantastic footballer. Yeah, I I really love watching him. Like, I I never imagined myself watching a Reading game before, but there's certain types of players like Eberechi Eze. I used to watch the Championship because of him too, and yeah, it used to be like a Delta a Delta rap. It used to be like yeah. him. and I I think Michael Elise will be a great great signing, and I think the reason you should get him this summer, if for anything else, is so that other teams don't get him. Because I do think that he'll be a hot prospect in the Premier League. Um, do you have any other options? Um, I wrote down Anthony as well. Oh, yeah, Ajax. from Ajax. He's good. Yeah, he's a good player. But, you know, Ajax are very good at demanding a lot of money for players. And because you play for Ajax, you're always putting the limelight a little bit in terms of European. So, you'd have a bit of a fight to get Anthony. So, I'd like, I'd like us to lean towards Maduke more. Anthony. Yeah, uh, I think that Anthony was signed for like 20, 25 million too. So I think they would at least yeah. recoup that. And if he's not going to be your starting right winger, I don't think that that's like enough to pay for him. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'd be very happy with a combination of Berardi, Olis, Lozano, and Madueke. I think those are players that would help a lot. Uh, I think the more realistic ones are probably Berardi and Olise, but I think if you could get Madueke, I would definitely get him because he seems like his ceiling is just limitless, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, all right, and did you think of addressing the backup attacking midfielder position or no? Um, I didn't think of it. It was a, it was a good shout from you, but I looked at maybe looking at another sense of mid. Yeah, so I was a bit conflicted whether I should go for someone attacking or someone more like box-to-box or anything. But just looking at your midfield talent, you have Alan, Andre Gomez, Ducure, Davies, and Gabamin. Like, you guys have basically not seen anything of Gabamin yet. Uh, I heard he's fit for Monday, right? Yeah, he's back in training. Carlo confirmed that he's in contention. Yeah, I mean, he's been extremely unlucky with injuries, but I think he'll be a really good defensive presence. Like, I remember seeing him quite a few times for Mainz, and I I do think he's a really good player now. We don't know if he'll recover from the injuries, but I'm kind of betting on his recovery being good, and therefore I've settled for an attacking uh, midfielder backup. Because I think that, as we said earlier, James Rodriguez just misses a bit too many games. And Gilfie Sigurdsson is just not that good to cover for every single one of them. He's a good player and he's been a good servant, I'd say, for Everton. But yeah, I don't think he's. it's enough to have just him there. So the player that I've gone for is also a pretty rogue shout. But... This is just because I don't think that you guys should spend a lot of money on this position. I think if you're going to spend money, it has to be on Max Aarons, as you said, and a right winger like Berardi or Lozano. So I've gone for a player from Brest, again in France, and his name is Romain Favre. I'm so, I don't know how to say his name. 
apologies to any French people. And he has nine goal contributions this season, playing for a pretty weak team. He's very versatile in terms of he can play like more towards the left, more towards the right. He's only 22, um, and he would cost maybe like 10 million. He's be a very cheap option. And what really made me happy to go for him is his creative output. He creates five shot shot creating actions, and he's a very, very good dribbler. And I think that although James does have a good touch, he's a bit slow for the fact for like getting you up the pitch. Like he's good at it, but he is a bit slow. But that's not a problem that Fiverr has. And he completes three dribbles, like eight progressive carries. And I think he's a very promising player. And for a backup, I just don't think you guys could go wrong with that. No, it does sound good. I have not watched him personally. Probably have when I tuned into Lil. But uh, some uh, very interesting stats that you've listened to. Yeah, and he does he does play for France under twenty ones, and he is pretty good for them. Like he scored quite a few times, and I just think it's the type of signing where if it doesn't work out, you'll recoup your money, and if it works out, you have a good backup to James Rodriguez, which is not easy to find. Um, and then for transfers out of the club. I thought just to address this real quick because Everton would be a pretty easy case of this. Um, I'd just get rid of Tosin, Bernard, Balassi, and Walcott. Um, they all earn a combined like nearly three hundred fifty thousand a week, and they basically it's, it's, it's really, it's yeah they basically don't contribute anything to your club. Like Balassi's obviously been injured a lot, but I think I think his, him and Walcott are actually out of contract in the summer. So I just w- would just let that go. And then yeah. Bernard and Tosin, I think if you can get 20 mil combined for them, you definitely take it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with that. And I think that what, what our shouts would do if Marcel brand was to listen to this and buy them <laughs> is it would definitely okay. give you guys more creativity and it would prevent players from playing out of position. I think that's definitely hindered you a little too much. Like James Rodriguez playing right wing, he was doing well when he played there, but I do think he's better centrally. So yeah, I think we've addressed the issues at Everton a lot. And I do think that if you guys are to have a good window, which is definitely very possible with your owner investment, I think you guys could challenge for the top four again next year, next season. No, yeah, I 100% agree. And, on the outgoings, I'd also put Fabian Delph in there as well. As you said, he contributes nothing, high wages, always injured. So if you could look to maybe get rid of him as well. It'd be a yeah, good I, I'm not sure if he'll have many suitors, but if anyone's willing to take him, then you're more than welcome to. All right. Uh, now we can move on to Juventus, I guess. Yeah, sure, yeah. All right, so... For Juventus, I kind of didn't want to do it because I just don't like Juventus as a club. Like, <laughs> I, I just, they're just annoying because of how stupid they are. Like, you, you sign Ronaldo and then you surround him by a bunch of average old players. And yeah, it's, it's been horrible, to, horrible to watch Juventus this season. Yeah. I mean, I don't, 
I don't really understand the Pirlo decision at all. Um, no. I think they're just taking a gamble and hoping it pays off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say he's done a bad job because obviously they're in the top four. They have the best defense in the league. But then you took over a title-winning team. You have Ronaldo, who's on 24 league goals in like 25 appearances in the league. Um, yeah. It's really hard for me to really rate Pirlo, but I'm not going to touch the managerial side of this because I think the owners have said that he will stay in the job. Um, what do you think that their main problems are? Because they have a lot, but what are the main ones? Where can I start? <laughs> um, I've got it here, how they were doing last season under Mirtio Sari, who I thought they should have given some more time. It's always well documented with Mauricio Sarri. It always takes a year to implement his philosophy. Yeah. And he was starting to a little bit towards the end of the season. They were getting some good results. But, you know, I've got it here. Last season, they were they were first with 63 points at this stage. This year, third, 55 points. And it's looking like Inter Milan will go on to win the Scudetto. Yeah. They've lost four left. They've won 16, so four less than last year. They've drawn four more games, lost one more. And they conceded last this year, but only by one. But surprisingly, which I was quite shocked when I looked, they scored more hmm. than they have this season than they did last year, which was quite surprising. Whether yeah. that's the, uh, the emergence of Federico Chiesa, who is a fantastic player. Yeah. But what's gone wrong with them? I think the midfield's just lethargic, slow. No one wants to get on the ball and make things happen unless it's a Chiesa-like player. I think Alexandro's not been relatively good at the left-back spot. Not enough crosses coming in to benefit Ronaldo. And I also think, I touched on this uh, one or two times, Pirlo's overplayed Ronaldo yeah. this year. He's playing him in games he doesn't need to play. He's 36, 37 now. He can't be playing 40 games a year. Zidane done it perfectly in his last year where you'd rest him and play him in the big games. And that's what Pirlo should have done, yeah. really. Uh, I think that he just doesn't really have much of a choice, though, because he they're so over-reliant on him to score goals. Uh, and I think Morata's had a good season, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced that a front line of Morata, Chiesa, and Kulusevski is going to really challenge anyone. I think that's one of the weakest front lines out of the top eight in Syria. Uh, so I think that their main issues kind of lie in finances. Like they really just don't have a lot of money at all. And they have Buffon and Chiellini whose contracts are running down and they pay them yeah. an, a combined 13 million euros a year. For two players who obviously are legends of the club, but I really don't think they should extend their contracts. I think that there's enough experience in the team with players like Bonucci, Quadrado's pretty experienced, Ronaldo's obviously experienced. Um, I just think let go of those two, just freshen up the side a little bit. As you said, their midfield and their center back options for me and fullback options too, they're just so lethargic. They're all older guys on high wages who don't really care that much. Uh, and I just really think that Juventus needs to 
get rid of some of the, like start freshening up their squad. And since their contracts are running down, I would just let them go personally. Do you share the same thought? No, 100% agree. It's not healthy for the club, especially with um, the financial difficulty in Italy. It's been highly reported that a lot of Italian clubs have suffered, Juventus, Napoli, uh, with the financial side. So keeping on Buffon and Chiellini doesn't make sense for me. Yeah, um, the, the first thing that I thought we have to address is central midfield, right? And you also pointed that out as one of their biggest problems. Um, I don't think they have a single player who is a defensive-minded, like, game-breaker. And I also don't think they have a single player who is inventive enough to go forward. So the one player that I think that they could go for and get for a fairly cheap is uh, Marcel Sabitzer. He has one year left on his contract. I mean, everyone's seen him play in the Champions League. He's a great progressive passer, like seven per game. Uh, he's he's a bit of an all-rounder, I'll be honest about that. But I do think that you can just play him as a 10 and you can just have him push forward. And I think he's a really, really good player. He's high energy, gets goal contributions, defends well. I think it's a pretty much no-brainer for Juventus. Yeah, I think he's a good player. Very good player. We've all seen him in the Champions League and rumours of Tottenham are after him as well. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a shout for someone that's like a more attacking midfielder? Uh, yeah, I've got two. In my opinion, I know I said Juventus are struggling a little bit financially, but if they can sort it out and take a gamble this summer mm-hmm. and spend a little more and hope that finance is coming through trophies and Champions League football. I think this could be the way to go for them. Um, they've already purchased Weston McKennie on a uh, permanent. They made that yeah. official last month, I think. I think he's a good player, McKennie. Someone who freshens it up a little bit in the midfield. But I've got Rod- is it Rodrigo yeah. DePaul yeah. from Udinese. I mean, we all know. If you've watched Serie A, he's, he's one of the best players in the league, really. Um, can find that killer pass, which none of the Juventus midfielders can. So he could be someone they look at. Um, and there was talk of a what Awar from Lyon, another one who's highly uh, thought of in, in Europe. But I think he's coming quite expensive. So I think DePaul could be a reasonable shot, especially with the difficult financial situation at lower league clubs in Italy it could help negotiate the price down for yeah um I think Rodrigo de Paul is like a, a really really good option um he's pretty similar to Sambitzer in that he's very good at the all-around game but I think he's actually even better in terms of like if you were just to put him as a 10 I think he would probably have a better output yeah so I think for price tag reasons probably Sambitzer would be cheaper but I think if you're just like blindly going on which player will benefit them more, it's probably Rodrigo de Paul. Uh, what's your other option? Yeah. Um, I think it's been talked about a lot in the Italian media that they're after yeah. Locatelli from Sassuolo. I know you mentioned uh, Berardi, so 
I think them two are the standout players for Sassuolo, especially Locatelli. You can get on the ball, play in the midfield. He's a good tackler as well, which they lack, as you said, a defensive-minded midfielder. So if they could bring in DePaul and Locatelli, that really sort of... What's the word? Transform. Transform, yeah, that's it. The midfield. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Locatelli was the first player that like I didn't have to do even any research on. I was just like, that will be the player. But just in case for a backup, I've gone for Basuma. Like, I'd, I think he's just a yeah. very good passer, and he's a good tackler too. So I think I think he would just do a good job as a defender, but Locatelli's definitely like my dream option in this scenario. Um, the one thing I was more concerned with Juventus is they have to sell a lot of players for me. And I think, I'm not sure if this will be super controversial or not, but I would sell Bernardeschi, Alexandro, Rabio, and the big one is Dybala. Uh, if they could use him for a swap deal some way and get Pogba, obviously that'd be great. Um, but I just don't think Dybala is really all that anymore. Like the last two seasons when he has played, he's been good, but nothing like spectacular. And he the, the bigger issue is that he just doesn't play that much. He is injured so often, and recently he actually just got fined for uh, attending a party at McKenny's house. So McKenny, Dybala, and I think yeah. it was, uh, yeah, Arthur, yeah, correct. Um, they're all fined and suspended indefinitely. So I think that'll be probably one of the last straws that pushes Juventus over into selling Dybala because I just don't think he contributes what they need to that team. Um, and to replace Alexandro, I looked at a really interesting defender, like very unique type of defender. His name is Federico Di Marco. He plays for Verona, but he's actually an Inter player. So I'm not sure how available he'll be, but he creates 3.5 shots per game, which is like what a lot of attacking midfielders don't. I think he's like top 1%, top 2% for that in Europe amongst fullbacks. So like his competition for that will be like Angelino, who's also another player I looked at. Um, Philip Kostic, who's yeah. basically a left winger turned into a left wing back. And Hakimi. So like he's in that bracket of attacking players. He's only 23. And from the things that I've read, it doesn't seem like Inter plan on using him. So... I think he would just be what Alexandra used to be, which is someone that will just go forward and get get the ball into the box and get goal contributions. He has seven, which for a left back is, I think, only rivaled by Angelino and Digne at Everton, obviously. So, I mean, yeah. do you have a different shout for left back? Um, I, I put two left backs down. Uh, one who I've been really impressed with when I've seeing him play. Uh, Nuno yeah. Mendes. Great option. Um, I think he's 18, 19 years old. So, really, there's a lot of potential of this lad. Good defensively, good offensively. Could get a ball in the box nice and early. Very fast. And it's something that Ronaldo could, it could unlock Ronaldo a bit more when they play him on the left. You know, the constant bombardment of overlapping with Mendes could work. Um, and I put Gossens of Atalanta. 
someone they could potentially look at as well. I think Gossens has been great for Atalanta over the last two seasons under Diasperini. Playing that really fast football, which could help bring a new side to Juventus. Yeah, for sure. I think I think the only thing that would hold them back from getting either of those is a price tag, because they both would be fairly expensive. I think Mendes has a forty million release clause, and then I think when it comes to Gosens, yeah. he'd probably cost around the same. Uh, so if if Demarco, oh. Gosens had Gosens had. A twenty million, twenty-two million price put on oh. put on him last summer. I'm not Chelsea sure if that'll him. have increased though, maybe because he's had a great season. He has as well, but if they could aim for that price again, I think it. Be yeah, so I think I think Gosens is probably the first option because he's so established. He has Champions League experience now, but if they can't get him, I would definitely yeah. look at Demarco. Just get him off Inter's hands because. He's he's 23 and he's so yeah. he's just like Goshen's really like when you when you look at players that are similar to DiMarco Goshen's is up there um, and just quickly talking about Atalanta players uh, you know have you paid attention to Christian Romero this season yeah the sense of half yeah I think I think he's amazing he gets so many goals as well like I think he has like six goals this season crazy amount for a center back and i have no idea why juventus loaned him out i genuinely struggle to see it they bought him from genoa and i think it was genoa and they loaned him straight out to atalanta and they kept demiral delict killini and bunucci like i just don't understand the thinking like they probably just thought demiral is better than romero but how wrong were they because I think they should bring back Romero and he should be their starting center back along the lake. I think I think Demiral's been unfortunate. He was you know, he was he was probably the best their best defender yeah, before. That's the also true. But he has he's not he's not been at the same level, if we could agree with that. He's not been at the heights that we thought he was once at. But he is still young, so be interesting to see. Yeah, and I, I do think Demiral's out. talented. That's not an issue for me. I just think that Romero is better. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I would also sign a sign a backup goalie since Buffon's going. Uh, Buffon's going. I mean, I'm sure they can find someone out of Italy, but if if I have to give someone's name, I'd say Sergio Herrera. From um, he plays at Osasuna. He's 28. He'll cost like five million maybe, and he has a really good save percentage and he's good at saving penalties. Like he's just a solid backup goalkeeper and not too much to say, really. Um yeah, I think I'm reasonably happy with that, but I just think that Juventus generally are in such a mess that no they they won't be able to fix this in one transfer window. That's for sure. No. I do think as well, Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, I, I well. definitely I looked at selling Douglas Costa for sure. Uh, just absolutely, I, I yeah. don't understand signing him for forty million at all. Like, just disgusting transfer, honestly. And then yeah. there's Ramsey and Rabia, who were both signed on a free, and both earn I think like five six million euros a year. Like, it's insane. Uh, and I think the one I'd sell yeah. is actually Rabio 
because his mom has recently made <laughs> it's funny every time every two years his mom starts making a mess about him leaving a team and she's done yeah. it recently too uh so she, if she's looking to sell him i think they can sell him for more than they can sell ramsey so i would just personally get rid of the wages but honestly get rid of both they both suck Yeah. And finally, um, PSG, I don't think this will be one that takes long uh, because I don't think they have that many finances available to them because of all the mess that's gone on, uh, unless they sell Mbappe. And I also don't think their squad actually needs that much. What do you personally think? I think, as we talked about, major rebuild at Juventus and the rebuild at Everton trying to take to the next level. PSG are more, okay, can we go win the Champions League level now? Can we take it to the next step? So, I think the contract situation this summer will be interesting with Neymar and Mbappe. Um, do they keep Dima here or do they... I think they uh, did renew, renew actually. Contract on they, that? Yeah, I think they triggered it like they? right before that robbery happened. So yeah, it was very recent. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they've and Neymar and Mbappe, obviously. Mbappe's not got long left, and I have a Neymar. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that pans out. Yeah. Um I think so I originally didn't want to touch the issue of Mbappe because no one really knows what's going on. Um but just in case they do sell him, who do you think would be the replacement for him? Can you replace Mbappe? I think there's only one player. I think so there's only one player that can think about replacing Mbappe. Jaden Sancho, but in my opinion. I think... Yeah. I've, I've always said this with PSG. If, if a Premier, a big Premier League club or someone like Real Madrid was to go in, they'd never win, yeah. win the battle for the player. They never would. They haven't got that attraction of... I love watching League One, but people want to play in Spain. They want to play in the Premier League. So, Sancho, Man United went in, uh, or PSG. I'd, I'd honestly yeah, think I think Sancho so too. Man United. But I think I think like if you're PSG and you sell Mbappe and you don't get Sancho, I think you're you're in trouble. Like genuinely, I don't see yeah. another player out there that is like even fit to be thought of in this way. I'm. I might be being a bit harsh, but I mean, like, no. you're looking at players like Foden, maybe, but Foden's even less attainable. You'd look at players like Salah, Mane, but I don't think any of them would really be, like, good transfers because they are, like, 29, 30 years old. So you're swapping out a 23-year-old who's probably going to win the Ballon d'Or in the future for two players who are possibly past their prime, especially Mane. I'm not sure if he'll recover from this. So... But that issue aside, what other problems do you think they have? I think I watched the game against Lille yeah, yesterday. I, I don't know if you did as well. But I just thought Lille had them in the midfield. Sumari had, and Andre had a brilliant game, a pair of them. Um, and Guy and Paredes just yeah. couldn't live with it. And that could be something they look at in the summer. Um 
Guy was a bit of a strange one. You know, being an Everton fan, I thought Adrissa Guy was was unbelievable for us. But he was thirty years old when he left. PSG were looking to that next step. Was he really what they needed? Um, I think Verratti's the main the main man in that midfield. I think he's truly exceptional. Um, but it would be interesting to see if they get a central defensive midfielder in the summer. I know they've got Pereira, but his his, um, his loan ends as well. And I think the right back. They need a right yeah, back. Yeah. Um. Actually, fairly interesting thing that I found out. I also thought Pereira was just on loan, but turns out they actually put in an obligation to sign him for sixteen million. I mean. To be honest with you, that's just ridiculous. Like, de- I I, I'm not sure if they can cancel it because it's an obligation to buy. But I mean, wow! Like, if there's any way, if there's any way they can <laughs> just like cancel that, or maybe even give them like half the money and t- not take the player, I I don't really rate Danilo Pereira at all. I think they've experimented with him at center back because he's just not good enough, but. He probably will get bought, and I think they will probably end up buying Florenzi too. They'll only have to pay nine million euros, so I don't think it'd be the worst option. But I also would like to hear who you have in mind for right back because I really don't like Florenzi that much. Well, it's just as well they're both yeah. 29, 30 years old, which isn't smart if they want to build a team. I put Emerson yeah, for sure. and Real Betis. Great shot. I, you know, he, I think he's he's a solid right back. He can do a bit of everything. He's 22 years old, but who's he negotiate with for Emerson? Is it Betis or Barcelona? I think it's Barcelona, but from what I've seen in terms of like news and stuff, it doesn't really seem like they're going to keep him. No, with Best being there. Um, Emerson could be someone, even Everton. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to have a lot of suitors. Like even potentially Arsenal will be looking at him. So yeah, yeah. But but I do think that he would fit well at PSG, to be honest. Um, uh, another position that I definitely thought to address was uh, Drax- Draxler leaving, so they'll have no backup left wing, and. I was wondering if you've heard of this player. Yeah. His name is Musa Barrow. I think I have. Is he has he played in the no, championship? He, so he was an Atalanta player. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a Barrow who played for Swansea. Yeah, no, so I might be I, I, I know who you're talking about. Um, so he used to be an Atalanta player, but he has recently transferred to uh, Bologna. And he's only 22 years old. Uh, Gambian international and he's pretty exceptional for my thinking like he's a left winger but he can also play up top I actually looked at him or like there's been rumors about him uh, going to Leicester kind of as a backup to Jamie Vardy and Kelechi and Nacho but I think he would fit really well at PSG because he does have that like Atalanta Academy thing about him where he's good in possession, he's solid at progressing the ball, and he has 13 goal contributions for a really like average Bologna team. Again, he's only 22. Um, he's really like active at getting shots and creating shots by dribbling and 
he is a fairly creative force himself. So I think that I think that as a backup, like PSG yeah. could do much worse than get a promising twenty-two-year-old who can also get goals now. And then yeah. the main, like the biggest issue, I think that they have to address outside of fullbacks. So I actually didn't sign any central midfielders just because I don't think they can get rid of any of their current options. And they have like six current central midfielders. So it would just be kind of like throwing another body in there. Uh, But did you suggest anyone for that position? It depends how much they're willing to spend. Obviously, I know he's not a midfielder, but Moisey Keane, they're going to have a decision to make on him. Um, whether that depend, um, changes the outcome oh, of the that, spending in the summer. That's something we forgot to mention, actually, oh, I, when we were talking about Everton, right? I I personally would bring yeah. him back. Yeah, I, think, I do think that he has a lot to contribute. He's young. And I do think that when, when Calvert-Loon has got injuries, Richarlison playing up top has kind of messed with the side in other ways like who plays left wing who plays right wing so i i think like especially because i do think you're going to qualify for europe i think moisekin will be a fantastic option to have and if he challenges calvert lewin then you guys might have two of the best strikers in the league so yeah well yeah moisekin's been terrific this season but whether he wants to stay in paris it's up to him but i put sumari Oh yeah, um, and uh, again, I watched him yesterday, and he just bullied the midfield. He'd be great for PSG, but he'll also have a lot of suitors as well. I think Arsenal link with him. Um, but again, it depends on what they're willing to spend, whether they even think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I think Sumar is a product of PSG's academy, though, right? He... I think he is. And you were talking about promising left wingers. They also once had Moussa Diaby. Yeah, Leverkusen. And, yeah, know, I mean they also had right now. Adil who's like an 18 year old who is one of the best creators in League One, and like I don't understand their youth policy at all. Like they just let go of all their great talents. They let Tanga Nianzu go to um, Bayern last summer, and he's like one of the best up and coming center backs. Um, yeah. I think if they yeah. just kept their youth players over the last like three seasons, the ones that they've let go of, like Musa Dembele, Odson Edward, like they may maybe even wouldn't need <laughs> anyone this summer. So it's an interesting one because I'm not sure how many of their academy players are willing to come back. No, it's just not a direct like development approach from them whether there is a direct pathway to the first team or are you best just coming through yeah and psg and leaving yeah and there's a there's an actually very interesting talent that is out of contract this summer and it doesn't look like he'll extend his name is ruiz atil he's a moroccan international and again they're just letting go of another young talent so i'm not sure if this one will bite them but generally their policy of letting go of young players has been really bad but the final, the final piece of the puzzle, I guess, out of all these three rebuilds, in my opinion, is striker. So I don't know what your thoughts are on Mario Icardi, but I'm not a fan of the player. Like, 
I do think he's a solid striker and he's put up good like goals in his career, but I think he's so limited and he's let them down at, in so many different occasions and he's not even that fit all the time. So the two players that I thought about were kind of up entirely different opposite sides of the scale. Um, I don't think they'll get Harry Kane, but I'm sure Poch will try to um, because obviously he loves the player. Yeah. But I think the two they should try for is Aguero and Daniel Malin. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think Aguero is just great, like pretty self-explanatory, like one of the best Premier League strikers of all time. He's on a free. They don't, they'll definitely be able to afford his wages. Uh, the issue is fitness. So if he's fit for the rest of the season, maybe they do like the medical and they're satisfied. But if not, I think Malin like is just such a promising talent. He can play up top, left wing, right wing if they ever need that. But I think he's going to be a future gunman. So yeah, I think I think Malin will probably be the best yeah. option they can get. But I'm not even sure if they'll try to address that position. I also had Marlon written down as well. Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the best striking striker talents. And I don't know if you agree with this, but would you say that the market in general is pretty limited this summer? In terms of talent? It's going to be... Yeah, because a lot of talent are happy at the clubs are already at. And they don't, there's not a reason for them to leave. It'll be interesting to see. You know, another talent in the Eredivisie, you know, we're talking about centre mids. They could look at Ryan Gravenberch, the Vyax. Yeah, I, th- I mean, that's a great shout. I'm not sure if they'll go for a centre mid, but if they do, that would probably be one of their best options. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think we did a pretty a three pretty difficult jobs. I don't envy their technical directors. And the one I'm happiest with is probably Everton because I think... I think yeah. the problems were a bit more clear to see. And I think that the players we've suggested yeah. would improve you guys like so much. And I've really loved watching Everton this season. My yeah. favorite game of the season actually is uh, your home game versus Leeds. I know that you guys obviously lost one zero it was, but that was one of the most <laughs> one of the most direct remind, games I've ever me. seen. Like it was genuinely just up the up one end, up the other, like it was so entertaining. And you guys have actually had quite a few good games, like both of the games versus Leeds, obviously earlier in the season versus Brighton and West Brom. Uh, the recent game versus Burnley, obviously you lost again. <laughs> but 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 it was so entertaining because yeah. they, they, they were counterattacking so quickly for the first 30 minutes. And then you guys put so much pressure on them. So I really wish the best towards Everton, like, Definitely a sleeping giant type club, but I think I think you're much closer to waking yeah. up than teams like Newcastle are. Like your stadium got approved recently, right? Oh well, yeah, it went back under review because of uh, something to do with the government, but it's all underway now, so can't wait for that. To be yeah, for, I mean, I mean, it'll be sad, but the new stadium does look absolutely brilliant, man. Like it's gorgeous and. Oh, Honestly, fantastic. if it if it's built by the time that I visit England, which I'm planning to do as soon as all of this has settled, it'll be one of my first destinations because 
I really would love to watch Everton play. Like it, it's a very likable club, very likable fans, unlike your red neighbors. <laughs> um, which I do hope that we beat because Real Madrid versus Liverpool in the Champions League, I will deactivate my Twitter account if we lose to Liverpool, probably, because their fans are so annoying. <laughs> uh yeah man well I, I guess that brings a conclusion to this podcast definitely on the longer side but i've enjoyed every moment of it and i think you brought very good good takes and very good shots for the positions we were addressing yeah thanks a lot for having me mate um more than happy to come on and i've enjoyed dissecting the uh yeah same hope you have a great rest of your day man bye